The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome back to a very special episode of the Tumbling Saber podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Murray. And I'm Rick. Welcome back, everybody. Michelle's unable to join us this month, uh, but we'll catch up with again, with Michelle again real soon. Although we didn't get to play the game that we like to play with when Michelle is on us. Guess which continent she's on. And I'm, I'm, kind of, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed in that, but... You know, she's busy. We'll catch up with her again soon. But uh, we've got a very, very busy podcast this month, or this week, I should say. Uh, one unlike any that we've done before, because we are now recording on Monday night, February 24th. We're on the cusp of Project Luminous. We're just minutes away from the announcements of that project. We've been waiting for it forever. And um, what we're going to do is just go with the flow. It's going to be a bit of a live reaction podcast. We're going to have some fun with that. We're going to geek out over the reveals. Uh, but before we get there, let's take a deep breath. Let's catch up. Marie, what's going on? So I have been hanging out with the 501st here in Alabama, and um, I have started working on my Jawa costume, which is my inroads for my eventual Shore Trooper costume. So I'm super excited about that. and. It was great because I was hanging out with them yesterday and we actually in the background watched the entire first season of the Mandalorian while we were there. And um, I asked a couple of questions where there were like continuity things that bugged me. And I was like, I don't understand this. And then after I asked the first question, I was like, I'm probably just thinking way too hard about this. And then someone said, no, you're in the right place for that question. Like, we get it. <laughs> so it was <laughs> awesome. Oh. I was like, oh my gosh. I was, you know what? Thinking about last week's podcast, I I was supposed to ask you a trivia question and it's completely, and I knew I would forget. But now, so I, I at least I remembered that I had to ask you a question, but I don't remember the question now. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Maybe you remember. Oh. Ah. Probably not. <laughs> so you're going to be into a Jawa costume soon? Yes. I still have to. It's still just parts. But the plan is next time I hang out with them to wash it and then dye it. And then we'll go once it's dry, then we'll shape it and cut it and sew it. So I'm really excited about getting crafty in a new way. Now, do you have any plans to... Say, bring bring in like an uh, ostrich egg with you and chop the top off and fling the yolk in your face. <laughs> oh my gosh! When that scene came on, we were watching it yesterday. I was like, "Oh, that's so gross." <laughs> <laughs> it is so gross. Oh my god! Because their hands are like, and they're getting an oh. <laughs> all that, all that for just an egg. It's yeah. They all devour in a matter of seconds. It's so strange. Yeah. But that's cool. No, I'm glad to see that you're taking part and you're you're still slaying it in the trivia world. Yeah, we um 
So I went, I actually teamed up with some of the 501st members. There were four of us on a team. I used my usual team name, Ula's Revenge. We went to Heavenly Donuts and did trivia and we won. Nice. Still, of course, I mean, these people are glomming onto you. You realize that, right? They're writing your, they're writing your coattails. They, they tell me, they tell me frequently that I'm the one with all the trivia knowledge. So I'm like, oh, well. (laughs) Hey, it's nice to be the quarterback sometimes. Rick, how's it going, man? Things are things, man. Just, you know, busy with work and um, trying to uh, contain the excitement in these last moments before uh, Project Luminous smacks us in the face. Oh, we're about to get punched right between the eyes, man. I can't wait for this. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be exciting, <laughs> man. But, you know, we did. Uh, it, it, it bears repeating like we were starting a new week. But last week was another kind of crazy week. In ways that I kind of don't want to talk about. Like, we found out that there's maybe another movie in development from the guys who made that movie Slight. Which, okay, great. I, I don't know the guys, but I, it's almost like I don't even want to talk about that kind of stuff anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, not until it's official, because, you know, it's like the weather in Chicago. It'll it'll change every 15 minutes on you. Yeah, and like you know, we heard that there's perhaps a, a, an agreement with another director that fell through. Uh, a video game was canceled. It's like, it, it seems like these cancellations and potential agreements and rumors—it's almost like a typical week in Star Wars land now. Like it's, yeah. it's weird. It's very strange. That's some of some of that is our own fault because we just we want to know everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's almost irresponsible in a way to expect to know every little tidbit of news. And have it all be stuff that we want to hear, you know? Yeah, there's so many prying eyes and ears around the franchise that I'm sure more news comes out that it, than, than is healthy for us to have. And every time something goes amiss or goes astray, we make a big deal of it. You know, well, that and we're all, we're, all, we're all lunatics for this stuff, so. <laughs> this is true. Um. Well, all, Rise of Skywalker pretty much ended its theatrical run i'm sure it's playing here and there at some cinemas but for all intents and purposes it's over and i think rick you got to squeeze in one more viewing uh my last viewing was uh, january 31st that was the last time i went we we wanted to try to go again on friday and it was out of the there's a very small handful of theaters that it's still in but nowhere near us that i would be willing to make the drive to but yeah so for now it's Essentially gone. We we have a um a late run theater here in town, and it was in and out of that theater before it left all the major theaters close to us. So, wow. yeah. Wow. So yeah, kind of sad. The Skywalker saga is is done with on the big screen, but I mean the the uh the home copy did go up for presale. Whether you're a digital person or a physical media person, that that happened. Did you guys order your copy for home? I haven't. I'll probably just get it digitally, just because that's easier. It's yeah, super easy. So, probably the day it comes out, I'll get it on. Even though it'll, when will it be available on Disney Plus? Like, I don't know if they've given a date, but it probably won't be until summer. Okay. Well, summer I'll definitely fall. then get the like the day it comes out, buy it on Amazon digitally. So, 
Yeah, they want to they want to make sure that we go out and buy a, buy a <laughs> copy of it somewhere before they give it to us as as part of our subscription. Because gosh darn it, that movie is going to be I'm going to be watching that like all the time. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Yeah, I'm probably going to head out and get the steel book just to complete the um the trilogy of having physical copies. But I'm like I'm looking at that big 74 disc set that's coming out <laughs> later in the year. <laughs> you know? I don't know. It's tempting. The only reason why, I mean, it's like 300 and something dollars for that thing. It's tempting only, only if there's enough unreleased, you know, documentary footage or behind the scenes stuff on those discs to buy it. Otherwise it's not, it's not worth it. I mean, I see, you know, it's nice to have 4k prints of the movies, but I don't know. Give me, give me the, you know, a theatrical cut of the um, original trilogy and give me, you know, more behind the scenes stuff from this trilogy. And it might be worth it, but I don't know. Otherwise, yeah, no, I, I'm there with you. So I, I ordered, pre-ordered the Steelbook as well, and I thought to myself, I'm like, well, this thing's going to cost me fifty bucks, and mm-hmm. this this twenty seven disc set is like three hundred bucks. I mean, if I just if I just don't buy the Steelbook and just you know apply that fifty dollars to the set, I'm no, I, I just have to dig up an extra two hundred and fifty. <laughs> for movies that I already own at least once. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to buy that set just yet. I might wait a while and yeah, I want I want 4K copies of the movies, but that that can wait. I'll just I'll settle for a steel book. I'm going to I'm going to draft in behind Sanjay from the Nerd Room and uh just be satisfied with the with the uh, steel book cuz it, it looks so nice. But actually, to be honest, all the copies they have now, like everybody's getting their exclusives now. Target's got a really nice one. Uh, even Walmart's got a nice one. Ah, whatever. Seal book it is for me this time around. Um, okay, I just want to say a quick congrats to our friends at Talk Star Wars for hitting 200 episodes. Rob and Brad, congrats to you two. It's been a fun ride. Uh, I, I've listened to each and every one of their episodes from the beginning. You know, we... I almost consider them like podcast brothers of ours because we started up roughly at the same time, as did many other pods in that 2015-ish era right before TFA came out. And uh, we've we've been in lockstep with each other the whole way. We've we've we're two two of the three podcasts that help uh, prop up the Star Wars Commonwealth to begin with. And um, it's it's been a pleasure being part of their extended family and, and listening to the journey when it you know when it used to be. Mark and and uh, Naked Steve and uh, Paul and then Rob, Rob joined in and Rob became a bigger piece of the pie there. Eventually taking over and being the admiral there with Brad, uh, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. So hats off, guys! Two hundred episodes is not an easy uh, benchmark to hit in podcasting, especially when you're doing it weekly. Um, so my hats off to you guys. Thank you guys for all the uh, for all the talks for all the Star Wars talk. Okay, so before we get to Project Luminous, how about a quick little chat about the the return of the Clone Wars? Should Woo! we do that, or should we just uh, run out the string here and <laughs> just get right into Project Luminous? I don't know. Should we get into Clone Wars for a few minutes? Let's talk about Bad Batch. Let's okay, do it. Cool. Let's do it. All right, so we're going to get into Project Luminous in a little bit, um, but first of all, I guess we'll touch on the Clone Wars. We're not going to do a super deep dive into this first episode because a it's a it's a pretty simple episode really and there's not a ton to talk about, um, but also like 
you know, I'm sure a lot of people have already seen this episode in animatic format. So this really isn't spoiling too much. Yeah. Although if you've not seen this episode before in any way, uh, skip ahead. Skip ahead and keep skipping until you hear us talking Project Luminous. I don't know how long this will take. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I don't know. Um, so again, like I said, full-on spoilers for the Bad Batch here. Um, let, I guess let's kick it off. Rick, what was your experience revisiting this series? Uh, you know, turning it on again, it was like it kind of didn't go away. You know, we had a couple of months where it wasn't on anything streaming and it popped back up and, you know, from, you know, the opening kind of fanfare of the music, it was, it felt like a nice, warm, comfy chair just to kind of sit back into it and to hear, you know, Tom Kane in the beginning, you know, give his little, uh, you know, war announcer voice and stuff. It was, uh, it, it was, you know, it was, it was like a nice pair of comfortable shoes and, you know, although those shoes were, you know, 4K and um, highly upgraded <laughs> and much smoother and made me run a lot faster than uh, my old shoes did. Um, it was really cool to get back in that world again and to see, you know, some familiar faces and the new faces that we saw. It, it all it, it was good. It was it was a lot of fun to get back into it and sitting it, watching it with uh, with Isaac. He was like, "That's something," and that's the thing. And like he was just like <laughs> rattling off all the stuff. And like I remember that like Skako Minor. He was like, "Oh yeah, Skako Minor." And I'm like, "How do you, I don't remember that? What? How, where did that come from?" So. I'm right there. I'm yeah. I'm right there with you. I can't remember Skako Minor. I remember it from this episode when I first watched it, but I feel like I've heard that episode elsewhere before, or that name elsewhere before. Doctor Afra. Is it from Afra? They went to Skako Minor, um, and with that that guy who turned on them, and they're the methane breathing people, the Skakoans. Oh, is that also the garbage planet? Uh, no. 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 Skako Miner has um a Wikipedia page and it says that there's like there's some weird creatures there. There's like um these like spider body things that have like gas filled heads. There's, I forget what the what the what the terminology is. I looked it up after the episode uh Friday night. Um I, I guess we're going to that planet at some point during this arc. I don't I didn't I never watched the animatics, so that was something that I happened to that I happened to hear um, just some chatter about. So well, I guess we'll get to see what Skakel Minor looks like. So, yeah, probably, yeah. probably. I mean, if yeah, I, no, I don't want to get. I've, I've seen these episodes in animatic format, and there's still some details rattling around my my head. So I don't want to. I don't want to say things that may or may not be true to this point. Uh, Marie, uh-huh. how was how was uh, you you your experience revisiting this series for the first time in a, in a while? Oh my gosh, it was so good. I definitely teared up. Um, <laughs> just the minute the war announcers started, I was like, oh my gosh, this is back. It's so good. And the theme song is just on point. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then the fact that they did not change the episode from the animatics at all, it was exactly the same. And I was like, my cannon hasn't been retconned. This is wonderful. <laughs> so it was it was really cool. Because there was talk of like, maybe they'll change some of the stuff. You know, maybe they'll update it or something. But they didn't. It's the same as the animatics. So that was really cool. I thought they made one change. But I'm not one sure. Change. I have no way where, to. Where? I, what I heard was that some of the, di- the dialogue between... Uh... 
Anakin and Rex in the beginning when when they're over like the um the uh, like the one when they're in the war room kind of chatting over the table. Uh, again, I, this is what I, I having not seen the animatics. I don't think I think in the original animatic Rex mentions Echo by name, but in what we oh. saw in Disney Plus, he he doesn't. He only mentions it to Cody afterwards when he's looking at the picture. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you're right. Yeah, because I was taken on uh, taken a bit by surprise when he when Anakin was like, "Is there anything else, Rex?" And he's like, "Nope, nothing to see here. Bye." <laughs> I was like, "Wait, that seems new. Why is why is Rex being cagey like that?" And I, I I didn't seem to remember that. And then when he was sitting by himself in that, I guess it's a locker room of some kind, and he's looking at the picture of all of his fallen brothers, I'm like, "Did that happen? Was that a, is that a thing from the original? I don't remember." Um, but yeah, so for me, like it was, you know, Thursday night, I was in my basement, I'm reading a couple of comics and I realized it was like 1030 and it just hit me in that instant that, holy crap, like Clone Wars is is back in the morning. Like, and I want to, like, I'm a stickler. I'm a snob for watching these types of shows and movies properly, like on a bigger, on a big screen with my stereo and all that stuff. Uh, but for in this age, I guess. Is, is, is what I'll say, like watching Mandalorian, watching Clone Wars. I'm up at five thirty in the morning, and I'm like watching on my phone in bed because I just I don't want to get spoiled throughout the day on social media. Mm. So that's what I did. Like I I went to bed, I popped up at a bed at like five fifteen, and you know, same same thing as with Mandalorian. I was like, yay! I had a little bit of that Christmas Christmas morning feel. I just yeah. op- opened up the app and bam, just jumped right in, and it was so. Like just like you guys have said, like hearing the the narrator, hearing Tom Kane doing his thing again, was so fun. And man, what a cool episode to see it finished! Man, oh man, it looked good. Oh, it looked so good. Oh, like there was there's one sequence in particular, and it just jumped right out at me. And it's the one where the clones are infiltrating the cyber center, and it's all it's like one continuous shot with the camera sort of like that hallway shot yeah yeah just it's following the like over their shoulder like at their back down the hallway and the music behind it was just elevating the scene to another level like it just felt so cinematic and i was like whoa like they are really they're going big for this final season it this is going to be great i was so hopeful uh, or i am so hopeful for what's coming in the next couple of months um all right, so what else do we want to talk about with this episode? I guess we talk about the Bad Batch themselves, right? The Bad Batch. You know, I, I love I wanted, that they're... Go ahead. I just want to say, I, I'm glad that they started with this arc and knowing that the animatics had already been out for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard, I've, I've heard, you know, some kind of grumblings that, you know, oh, I wish they'd given us, you know, stuff that we didn't know. And I think it would have been a letdown to have the Bad Batch arc come in later in the season because... Yeah you already would have known that to start with what you already know is it's a buildup and it's an ease in back in, you know, into the, into the series as a whole. So I'm, I'm good. I'm good seeing this stuff. And yeah, and this, this episode is really cool. I don't, I'm just, I'm in for all of it. You got, you know me. Oh yeah. I mean, I think it was, yeah, it only makes sense to start with this just to get us warmed up again and, and wowed with some of the stuff they're doing. But yeah, so the, 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 the bad batch themselves looks like, I mean, I, to me, like they're they're like your classic 
1980s action team where they each have like a, a specific skill set that they that they have that they bring to the table and it's like four guys could take out a million people if they needed to you know like yeah, yeah it was kind it was kind of like uh like the predator crew yeah kind of yeah except except these guys don't all die <laughs> spoilers for predator if anybody hasn't seen <laughs> <laughs> that movie terrified me as a child I still I still can't believe my parents let me watch that in, in like 87. I joke about that movie because there's there's a scene where they're all walking through the jungle and uh, Arnold, was his name Dutch in the movie? I forget. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's telling everybody to be quiet. And I remember watching it with a couple of roommates that I had years ago. And one of them was, this guy was a really huge Arnold fan and he loved Predator. And we're sitting there, we're watching it on the couch and Arnold's telling everybody, be quiet. He's got like the hand up to be quiet. And I was like, man, if he's trying to be so quiet, why did they bring that orchestra with? Because the <laughs> the score is so loud as they're walking through the jungle. This dude got so mad at me. He was like, shut up, man. You're ruining it. I'm like, there shouldn't be an orchestra with him. <laughs> <laughs> and who would have thought that uh, Dylan in that movie would have gone on to one day star as Grief Karga? With both arms. With uh, Yeah, well, t- temporarily. Spoilers for those who haven't seen Predator. <laughs> Again, welcome to the Predator cast. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't tempt me. I might, I, I, you know, I would, I would consider doing a Predator cast. I'd do it. All right, let's do it. Coming next week. Um, <laughs> you know, you know what I didn't realize about this episode is that actually, you know what? We got to stick with the Bad Patch themselves. So, what? There, there's Hunter, who is sort of the the leader with the with the Rambo headband. And like his his deal is what? Like so all these guys have like these uh genetic defects that have somehow given him these enhancements, right? And so Hunter can sense electromagnetic stuff. That's it that's his gift. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's what they say. Yeah. And he, and he's got a cool half of a face tattoo. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um Wrecker is <laughs> Wreck is my personal favorite. He's nuts. He's he's just this big, huge dude. Apparently, apparently he's very strong. Just a bit. Just a bit. Like it's. I think that stretches it a little bit, even for Star Wars. Like seeing a guy lift up um, uh, one of those gunships. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. okay. okay. <laughs> we got we got He Man here on the team. That's that that works, I suppose. But he's he's too funny to hate. You know, so I, I accept him. And then there's uh, tech. Every every group needs its nerd. He's my he's my favorite. I love tech. I like his little his round glasses underneath the visor. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that he's got the he's got those he's got the visor and he's got that external screen. <laughs> <laughs> a little extra. Yeah, just a little bit of mustard on top. <laughs> And, and I like last how guy. he knows all the um, minutia, all the details about things. Oh yeah, they, they, he knows everything. Yeah, every computer, every piece of every gadgetry, he's he's got it all. Um, and then finally there was um, Cross Crosshair. Yeah. Yeah. And his mutation is he's just good at shooting a gun. If that could be, <laughs> if, if that's a mutation, like well, <laughs> what, what, I guess what his his thing would be good eyesight. And a steady trigger finger? Is that it? 
That, that's one hell of a specialized mutation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't get it, but... Um, so, yes, yeah. I mean, uh, this ep- episode also brought back, uh, Marie, one of your favorites, Admiral Trench. Yay! <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> He's my Facebook cover photo. <laughs> <laughs> but you must be the only one and that's amazing <laughs> i just he's i love how he does that clicky thing with his mouth and like um how he just he's perfectly tarantula and i love it but i also am a sucker for tarantulas so i like his little freak out at the end like yeah. he's, al- he's always very monotone, right? And he's always sort of like, yes. And he just he predicts everything. He's almost Thrawn-esque in that, in that way where he's, he sees everybody's tactics. He's got his own countermeasures. But at the end, <laughs> it appears they made contact with Skako Minor. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first oh time you see him. Like if it was a close-up, but if it was like a full body shot, you'd see him like all of his arms like flapping in the air. What? <laughs> I love that part. Uh, so yeah, um, the, the one thing I didn't realize, like Anaxis is the same place that we saw in Rebels in the episode yeah. Out of Darkness, which was a really that, cool call. I guess call forward. That was yeah. one of those things that that Isaac, you know, my son popped up on right away. He was like, "Hey, that's that place from Rebels." Immediately. That's so. That's like, so dang. cool. I was like, "Yeah, dang, kiddo." Like when was the last time he saw that? Um, I don't know. We only we went through Rebels twice, and I don't. We hit. We did. We watched. We went through Clone Wars once. So I don't. He's his brain is. He's one of the bad batch. He's got a specialized uh, memory <laughs> for. Uh... <laughs> that checks out. That's awesome. Because we, we we have like a little children's storybook of that episode of Rebels. And my daughter and I, we used to read it frequently. So when I was watching this episode with her, I was like, hey, Harley, do you recognize the planet? And of course, it looks nothing alike, except for that sort of airstrip area with the with the cutout from the cave. Did you recognize it? No. <laughs> and then we get to the uh, the campfire scene and you see little Fearnox in the background. And I paused it at that part. I'm like, do you recognize those creatures? No. Oh, OK, Aww. wait a sec. I went upstairs and I got her book. And I just opened it to the shot of the fear knock. And she's like, what? I was like, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was just a surprise kiddo. Like it's such a cool little thing from Dave Filoni to make Anaxis be a part of both shows in this way. Although something yeah. really terrible happened to Anaxis. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what, but. Um, Did you happen to see the fear knock in the background? Yeah, there was a couple of them over by the, by the campfire, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're there okay. briefly. Little Easter egg, which I, I don't know if the Easter eggs are still available or the uh, the animatic reels are still available online. But I would be curious to go to see if they would if they were still there. That's a good question. Yeah. So we we so Echo Rex is thinking about Echo this whole time and how the tactics that the Separatists are using on the Republic, they're very strangely familiar. Because the, the Republic at this point 
in this battle of an axis thing they're getting their, they're they're getting stomped and but rex recognizes all the tactics that the separatists are using and he he comes up with the idea or the theory the belief that echo maybe lived which which is a we thought we lost echo in in rookies back in season 1 of clone wars and um turns out rex is 100% right when we get to the end scene and uh, tech tech is decoding that uh transmission from Skako Minor and it's CT1409 and Rex is floored we're all floored Echo appears to be alive I I can't remember what happens next but uh crazy stuff crazy stuff afoot here yeah. I I had forgotten about that too I mean I think it was like 2014 or 2015 when I watched these animatics for the first time so I guess I can forgive myself. <laughs> well, and they and they took a bad batch this episode. They took it off of StarWars.com uh, months ago. Oh, did they? So, yeah, because I tried to rewatch them for Star Wars Trivia for Dragon Con, and it was gone. Mm, okay. So I was only able to watch. So I haven't seen the Bad Batch episode even the animatics in a long time. So it was newer than it would have been if I had watched it in August. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So yeah, so they may actually take them down if they took it that down. You know? Yeah. Uh, so but. How do you guys feel about the idea of like these highly advanced, super specialized clones? Like I'm asking myself in the aftermath of, of this episode, like why weren't like if they were so successful, like why didn't they make more of them? Or is it just it was a random accident with these four and you can't replicate that? What what what's your take on this, Rick? Well, they had a specific description for them. Um I I can't remember what it was, but it made it sound like, you know, they were like, uh, like a specialized mutation, you know, so it makes it sound like it was something that happened accidentally, accidentally that maybe they couldn't reproduce mm -hmm. or I don't know, because I mean, everything, I mean, they're named after 99. Yes, um, I love that. Right. And he, what his mutation was that he, he aged faster than the rest of the clones. Um, of no, all the mutations to have. <laughs> right. I mean, but that, that, I mean, but that was like, a, that was a genetic defect for him is that he just aged faster and he was never battle ready. Um, which is why he ended up with janitor duty, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So with these guys, if they came up with more, whether it was through some kind of testing or just accidental, um, maybe it was hard to reproduce and that's why there were only, you know, a few or, or maybe there were more and they, you know, maybe they were sent on a more covert missions as opposed to, you know, being in the front lines all the time because they were reckless and, you know, or maybe uh, the Republic thought that they were expendable, you know, kind of like, uh, what is it, like a little dirty dozen where they just, you know, well, you guys are nuts. And if you guys just die, you know, oh, well. You know what I mean? Like, because they're, they're reckless. But whatever the case is, I mean, they seem to work really well together, which is obviously the fortune cookie of the show is, you know, celebrating people's differences to make yourself feel whole. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I 
the the team is cool you know see, seeing these four guys kind of go in gung-ho as opposed to the more regimented um ideology of the clones as far as you know battle techniques go you know it's nice to see these guys just kind of go in guns blazing but still with enough of a um a tactical mindset you know you see when when they first when they're in the canyon fighting those first droids and uh wreckers holding the uh the big piece of metal and you know they still come with they're you know come out with um like a i don't know for lack of a better term like a flight trajectory for the grenade you know what i mean like they still come up with a little bit of a plan on the fly and the results yeah. speak for themselves so and and the other thing too is seeing how you know the you know we talked about it last time where the clones that we know have had to deal with you know kind of that existential crisis of you know we if it weren't for the war we wouldn't be here and they see themselves as wanting to be more accepted as people and you've got these four you know chuckleheads come in and they're poking fun at the clones calling them regs you know like (laughs) you guys you guys are the weirdos we're better than you you know like you thought you were specialized like we're you know cameo and clone techniques 2.0 or whatever it was um and they don't make any bones about it like they're they seem to be fine with who they are at this point, you know, not really dealing with the, uh, if it wasn't for the war, we wouldn't be here. They know what they have to do and they're just going to do it to the best of their abilities. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I, I thought was really cool about this arc and, you know, the last few weeks we've been, so Corey, Carlos, myself, have just been choosing an arc, one of our favorite arcs and just recapping it. And Corey chose like the Domino Squad arc uh, from the first and third seasons. And I, I had, either didn't realize or had forgotten how many cool little connections there are in this specific episode alone to that arc with, with echo dying or not dying uh, with like clone uh, clone force 99, you know, it, it being named after 99 to begin with. Yeah. And then sort of like the, the, the fortune cookies, the proverbs at the beginning of those episodes kind of tie into this episode and, uh, the lessons that the the cadets are learning on Camino about you know, not having strategies and not working together, not ad- like not adapting to to the situation, and then the uh, the bad batch come into any of these battle scenarios and they do work together, they do adapt, they do have their own strategy, so to speak, and it's like this is so well thought out. These, I mean, yes, they just go guns blazing, but they're. Like you said, with with you know, they're calling out specific targets, and they're throwing grenades, and you know, one guy launches the grenade, the other guy shoots it and, and detonates it. Like they have their own strategies, and it's really cool to see. What, what do you think, Marie? Are, are these guys just pure accidents, and that's why there's not more of them? <sighs> it's a really good question. Um, but they made it sound like, yeah, it was, they were just accidents. Like if it's, but you, and and it may be their recklessness because they, while they did succeed when the battle droids came up and they, they knocked them all out at the same time, they revealed their position. So it was a reckless thing to attack that way or do things the way they did it. Because then they were under fire um, by more separatists. So, 
I I'm guessing that they just the Kaminoans just were thinking, well, these are great mutations, but we can't control them. Yeah, it almost makes me wonder why they. Well, it's Star Wars. It's it's not the way it works, but uh, you would have you would think that maybe they'd be like, "Ooh, this is this is not. These guys are out of the out of the ordinary. Let's just not let these guys get to the battlefront at all." Yeah, like it's, it's, it's it's too risky. It's you know this is outside of the scope of our work. Let's end these guys right here, <laughs> which is maybe a bit dark. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, if you think about it, like <clears throat> the Kaminoans knew about the chips and they knew they didn't know. I don't think they knew what the chips actually were for, but they thought they were to make them docile. So, you know, if they're these troops, that troopers that are not quite as docile. And even the quote chip doesn't make them docile, then they d- wouldn't want more of them. Yeah. Anyway, it's like, it's, it's, it, it, I mean, they, they are a ton of fun. Like they are so different oh, from, yeah. from the regular types of clones, the regs. They're, they're just so fun to watch. And I think in the end, I'll be happy just to have this four episode arc of them because I think, more more of them as part of the grand army could either get tiresome or just make regs look really bad yeah yeah so i do think they need to be sort of isolated a little bit and i don't know what their what the what the end of their story will be come episode 4 if they've changed it from the originals um but it's going to be fun like this arc is going to be really fun to watch cuz these guys are just they're a spectacle and it's they really are god like how about how good this show actually looks with like 2020 or i guess 2018 (laughs) 2019 when they were making it like they're putting the budget into this they're putting the like new technique and new skills into this and it just looks so good it's like it's almost a shame that this is the final season considering how good it looks because they like Mm -hmm. we know that they have so many other stories that they could tell that they're ready to tell for for the Clone Wars, but we're just not going to get to see them in this format. It's a bit of a shame, but man, the next two, three months are going to be so good because these episodes are going to be just a treat to look at. Yeah. Even from the, uh, like just the opening title shot, the title card is a little different. You know, it's, it's not just the flat yellow anymore. I think it's got a little bit of like a, like a gloss or a sheen on it or like a reflection. It's a little bit. It's a little bit different if you look at it. Oh uh, yeah, I'll take a look at that next time. But yeah, I wouldn't. Sh- yeah, why not just gloss the whole thing up? Like, but I, I can't wait, guys. I can't wait to see what they do next. Like with the next evolution of animation with Lucasfilm, whether it's it's you know that rumored Afra show, whether that comes to fruition, oh. or the the Ahsoka Sabine series that's also been rumored. Like both of yeah. these shows are going to just blow our minds in terms of visuals. If, hey, can we? Oh. I'm sorry to cut you up. Can we talk about the fact that Kix was in this episode? Yes, we can. Yes. Go for it. I mean, let's. I mean, think about it. Some he has to end up. We're going to get into a little bit of a spoiler for another story that happened. Uh, it was one of the before the awakening, 
you know, Force Awakens uh, stories that came out in, um, what was it? Oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. It was, uh, it was, uh, the crimp, it was that Count Dooku and, or it was a uh, Crimson Corsair and the Treasure of Count Dooku, I think is the name of the story. Yes. Um, in that story, right, in that story, uh, Sidon Athano and his crew go looking for this supposed treasure that was Count Dooku's. And they go to this planet that's uh, very, like, the weather is terrible and there's all these natural disasters and stuff. And they they come upon the treasure and it turns out to be a clone who's in, like, a cryostasis. And when they wake him up, it turns out to be Kix, who is the fourth silent kind of reg from the Bad Batch episode. So at some point, he ends up, you know... Car- and I don't, I don't want to say like in a carbon freeze or something, but like, you know, basically like in a cryostasis for however many years until the Crimson Corsair and uh, Quigold and his crew find him. Um, and he, I think he wakes up asking like about the war, like right away, not realizing what had happened. Yeah. And he mentions, I'm pretty sure he mentions the chips, right? Uh, it's been so long since I read it. Well, I don't remember. Order 66 and the chips, like he knows what the chips do and... They're, and so Sidonathano's like, what? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, guys. I, I didn't realize that. It's such a good story. It's crazy. It's like, there's this, this chase across these lightning fields where there's like crazy magnetic storms and sandstorms and... They're all chasing each other, all these different pirate groups, and it's crazy. It's such a good story. Yeah, like one thing that this the last few weeks, this episode <laughs> especially, and, and our our chat about the clones over the last few weeks is I, I want a lot more clone action now. Like I want more clone stories. Like the type of yes. stuff that was that was given to us in Republic Commando books. I think is that Karen Travis? Tra- Travers? I think that's who I wrote think those. It sounds familiar. Like I would love to see a new line of books to that to that effect. Like the clones have well, just become gonna, so we're fascinating. Gonna, we're gonna have that Clone Wars anthology book in August, and then we've got oh um, yeah, and then we got Michael uh, Morrissey's book in April. His comics. Correct, correct. You are. So we'll we'll see, we'll see what we'll see what other uh, side material we get because we know that there's other arcs that were um, proposed. You know that there was a there was an arc on Kashyyyk. There was one with um, Padme. Um, so yeah, there there, was, there's uh, there's other unproduced stories. There was the arc with oh boy, that um, which eventually became Dark Disciple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and then there was that one that popped up uh, last week. Uh, Corey Van Dyke did an interview with um, the woman who voiced uh, Mother Talzin. And she said that there was a proposed story to give her kind of a backstory. Um, and I, I guess she had some other relations with Palpatine that went back a little bit farther than hey what we had seen in Clone Wars. I, <laughs> you know, we know how she, we, we know how she does. You know, I ain't saying nothing, but I'm saying. <laughs> so, but yeah, that that was something I supposedly Dave Filoni had told her. They're like, oh yeah, you know, I'll see if I can get that on the table, for, and it just never happened. Because you know the Star Wars sold to Disney and it just it went unproduced. So there's stories out there that you know at least got probably outlined or discussed that you know they could probably throw in somewhere at some point. Yeah, there's there's a full on bounty hunters arc. 
But with Cad, right. Bane, Cad Bane teaching Boba Fett how to how to be a bounty hunter. And that's where Boba Fett gets the dent in his helmet. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, there was, he, they showed they showed off some animatics from that at celebration a couple of years ago. Yeah, and um, I think the only thing that was ever released from that, uh, like unofficially, was just audio. That's all I've ever heard was just audio, not even really with pictures, like 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 not even really rough animatics. I thought I thought they did have the animatic. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but anyway, uh, there was also the Christ uh, Crystal Crisis. Crystal Crisis, yeah. Which was released in animatic form on StarWars.com alongside the Bad Batch episodes. Yeah. Wasn't it? Wasn't that the one with um, Padme? No, that um, was Obi Wan no. and um, yeah, that was Obi Wan and Anakin, wasn't it? And Anakin on Utapau. Yeah, and so they got the there's the Utapauans, but there's also like that other species. The Sugi Arms Dealers. <laughs> well, like one of them was like the that uh, Amanaman, which is like that one of those rare original trilogy figures. And you see him briefly in Jabba's palace, and they made an action figure of it, of course. But they made that he was a man. A man was in the last uh, Star Wars issue, Star Wars number two. He fist bumps Lando. Oh, really? The, the um. Amani, the Amani. Yes, right. Exa- yes, exactly. That's them. So they they were in the the uh, Crystal Crisis arc because they're they're like one one of the species that lives on Utapau, but they don't yeah. they live in the in the plains and the fields instead of the sinkholes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There was a bunch of they, yeah. They had like six or seven other stories that they had ready to go for Clone Wars that you know we're just we're just not going to get to see now. Which is kind of a shame. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm just so, I'm so happy that Clone Wars is back. Like this, it's 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 a gift. Star Wars is just that gift that just keeps giving. Uh, anything else about the this opening episode? Um, there was a surprising lack of Meeper Gascon. Uh, dis- dis- disgusting. I disgusting can't, lack. You know, can't I, I i tore up my disney plus membership D- deleted the app it's over Divorced. no i tore it up i tore it up i didn't delete it i tore it up that's how <laughs> upset i was i tore up the whole thing i tore up the app <laughs> <laughs> i love him so much Meeber gaskin oh man great he, you know he gets so much he, he gets so much grief and i say it and i i shout it from the from the rooftops Sunny Day in the Void is a fantastic Clone Wars episode. And if you disagree with me, yes. you're wrong and you need to go rethink your life. That whole that, that whole arc is, is wonderful. It's it's up there with Mortis in terms of like the mind bending arcs. Like the ones that really get <laughs> make make you pause and go, what did I just watch? But of course it's got <laughs> it's got what, four or five astromechs? Including R2KT, I think was in that group, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and of course, Meeber Gaskins in there, and and pit droids. <laughs> like they went. I love the pit droid. No kidding! Like it's it, it's it's so, so good. Cool. Like I don't know what they were on when they came up with that that those that arc, but they must they must have been drinking or smoking something. <laughs> 
I, I, I don't know what George Lucas likes to imbibe, what kind of libations he likes in his downtime, but wow, that that arc is is way out there. But how about D. Bradley Baker, man? Like this guy is unreal. He basically think, voices this whole episode. Think about it. There were only, I think, five or six different voice actors for the episode. And D. Bradley huh. Baker was 80% of it. Like, that's not even <laughs> an exaggeration. You know, Anakin had three or four lines. Mace Window had, you know, two or three lines. Tom Kane just did the beginning. Um, I'm forgetting, you know, Matt Lanter. I, I forget uh, the actor's name who does Mace. It's uh, C.T. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name. And then it's like D. Bradley Baker. And I think there's maybe one other voice actor. And it's crazy. He, I mean, he carried the whole show by himself. And you don't no, even I, think I, about I, it. Like, like, no, I mean, we I, do I because we're him. nuts, but like when you watch the yep. episode, you go by and go, holy shit. Like he did everything. I picture him recording like that scene in, uh, Lord of the Rings when Gollum is talking to Smeagol. <laughs> like, that's Steve Bradley Baker with a mirror, you know, doing every voice. Like, do you think he goes from voice to voice in sequence or does he just lay down Wrecker's tracks and then go back and do Hunter's tracks and then Rex's tracks or do you think he just tries to go from voice to voice in sequence? I'm sure they have him say individual lines. So that's pretty typical for voice acting, unless the whole cast is. I mean, it's hard to say because normally, like we saw with Rebels, the whole cast would be there all at once and they'd be acting off of each other. So I would imagine he's probably doing single lines that they edit together as opposed to him reacting to himself. I, I would. That's got to be really difficult to do. It's got to be so so difficult. And I don't know what else is going to change over the next three episodes. Like these, it's it's the Bad Batch arc, so it's going to be full of these guys. Uh, you know, Rex and Cody are, and Kicks and uh, who's the other clone with them? Say that again. So who did you say again? So there, there's the four Bad Batch guys, but yeah. there's also Cody and Rex, Rex and Kicks and Jesse and Jesse. Jesse yeah. Jesse's the one with the the fa- face the tattoo, right? Giant Imperial. Co- I mean, not Imperial. Republic cog. Yeah, on okay. his face. Yeah. So they're all is is fives in this? No way. Eh? I can't even no. keep track anymore. I guess that's he enough. Wasn't because fives was the one who discovered the chip, right? Tup Tup discovered the chip. Oh, and fives, okay. F- fives died. Yeah. Um, fives was the one. Okay, I knew he was involved in that arc. Yeah, he was. He was there. He went back to Camino with him, and then they were supposed to go back to Coruscant. You remember? Um, Talk to the Emperor. I mean, the, yeah. the guy. Keep doing that. The yeah, she 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 wanted them there, <laughs> and then yeah, yeah, and Shock T was saying, "No, we have to take them to." the uh the jedi council and then along the way or, or made it might have been already when they were on coruscant that's when fives dies man that i remember watching that arc for the first time and just aching absolutely aching be, over how close just a regular rank and file clone was to blowing the lid off the whole thing for palpatine yeah it was Oh, he's right there. Like he, he, he had figured it out. He just couldn't get it 
out in the open to people who would listen to him. And he even had Shakti there as well. And she's just like, hey, man, dude, like, get a grip. <laughs> Nobody would listen to the poor guy. God, it's almost I like... love that droid, too, in that arc. He's cute. The only, like, when you talk about cute droids in, in Clone Wars, I think about the pit droid. I think about um, the David Tennant droid, the ancient guy with the, who trains Jedi. Hu Yang. Hu Yang, yeah. Yeah. And um, Cad Bane's little droid when they infiltrate the Jedi Temple. Toto 360. Yeah. <laughs> He's the best. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. Myhealthpolicy.com. Great. He's so good. Oh man, have we stretched this out enough yet? Have we? Do we have any any announcements yet? <laughs> I've been checking, and they're still like nothing. Right? Started? Yet. Nope. Not nothing's happening they're, yet. They're really nope, making this hard nope, on us. Still says starting soon. Ten minutes ago, I, I'm looking at Star Wars Explained right now, and it says ten minutes ago, starting soon, and that's it. Well, aren't they making this? First of all, they make us delay recording for a night. <laughs> and then we, we delay starting the podcast to begin with. And now they're delaying the announcement. I mean, I don't know who to blame for this, but I'm sure it's Pablo Hidalgo's fault. <laughs> <laughs> who, who do you, Rick, who are you going to blame for this? Michael Siglane, because he's been late a couple of times. He's the one that told us back in... September, October, that we were getting an announcement in January. So I'm coming for you, Mike. <sighs> Mike. Marie, do you want to blame somebody for this? Um, no. <laughs> you're, you're too nice. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm going to find a way to loophole Corey into this. Oh, please. Don't. Somehow this is Corey's fault. No. <laughs> oh, you're blaming him? Oh yeah. This is oh, okay. Fault. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> You're probably right. It's, somehow he he made this happen. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's definitely definitely his fault. So uh, anyway, so we we're waiting here for this event to start, which I, it's it's a this is a weird thing. So like usually a Monday night reveal, like that to me like when you associate a Monday night reveal with Star Wars. I'm thinking like the Monday night football trailers. Like I'm thinking big deal stuff. And so here we are on a Monday night in February waiting on Project Luminous news. And it's like like th this do you think there's a danger, Marie, I'll ask you first. Do you think there's a danger that they underwhelm with oh, this? Yeah. 
Because I feel like the people that are going to be excited by this are so few and far between compared to, because it's going to be a publishing initiative. And like, for me, that's huge. And I'm super duper excited about that. But for the average Star Wars fan, or not average, but the people who don't read as much, I don't know how to make that sound good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, It's not as exciting because they're looking for a movie or TV show or video game. And that's not what this is going to be. So hyping it up this much for something that's going to be literature is a bit much. Yeah. Yeah. They've told us many, many times that, yes, okay, this is uh, Clayton Sandell reminded us a couple weeks ago that, you know, this is publishing guys. It's not video games. It's not TV. It's not movies. I don't know how many times they needed to repeat that, but I, I feel like they could repeat it three times a day and people will still expect it to be a movie announcement somewhere. R- what do you think, Rick? Are, are we are we setting ourselves up for some sort of disappointment here with the amount yes, of hype? And it's, yeah, and who, but who's, who's the one putting out the hype? We had talk at Celebration last year. We had talk at New York Comic Con. We've had a couple of tweets really not if you think about it in the grand scheme of a year's worth of planning behind the scenes for this, there hasn't been a lot of it. A lot of that is on us because we've heard about it. And the minute anybody, you know, Kevin Scott says something about a retreat for project luminous and everybody loses their minds with absolutely no details about what it is and what, or what they're talking about. So the onus is on us for that. You know, it's exciting to know that we're moving away from, you know, Skywalker centric stories and even the time frame. But, you know, we're so thirsty for whatever news comes out, especially right now, because we know we're not going to have any movies for a little while, nothing on the big screen. You know, we'll have TV stuff, but, you know, I tempered expectations right now. I mean, it's hard to say because, I mean, literally, we are in the throes of, of finding out whatever bit of news that they're going to give us in, in moments. But, you know, we get excited when there's a comic book that comes out every month, when it's a scheduled release, you know, I mean, this is, it's, it's heightened and it's our own doing, you know, and, and part of it is we all exist in the echo chamber of our fandom. So one of our friends talks about it or they find some connection and then, you know, we retweet it and we just keep putting it out there and out there. And then, you know, we're, we're victims of our own insanity. If you think about it. Yeah. We, I mean, we do get ourselves all worked up, no doubt. Um, it was sort of aggravating a little bit over the last year and change when they first started talking about this thing. And then like a Charles soul or a Kevin Scott would, would, Oh, we just finished talking. had this big chat about project luminous today. Can't wait to reveal what it is. And it's like, guys, guys, <laughs> did you even have to go to Twitter with that? You know, like you're getting us all worked up, but you're telling us nothing. So they, I, I feel like they built this thing up over time saying how big it is and in time, Oh, we can't tell you in, in time. We'll do it. Um, and, and, and like now, like there was a report a couple months ago, right. Or in January, I think I make, Oh God, who had it anyway. It just basically outlined that 
These are going to be stories set in the High Republic, three to four hundred years before the Skywalker saga, and it's it's told across multiple publishers, and that that sort of mingled well with the limited information we had. So we know this is Marvel, we know it's IDW, we know it's Del Rey, and we know it's uh, Disney Lucasfilm Press. Those are the four entities that we know are part of this. And I don't expect that we're going to get anything other than that tonight from, from these reveals. So, yeah. Kyle, if I could interrupt for a second, um, the presentation has begun. Oh, yeah, thank has. God. <laughs> I'm, and, I'm, and this makes it official, right? Like this is now like, is this the last time we will refer to this as Project Luminous? Are we going to have uh, it? Yeah, it may be, now be Star Wars High Republic. Yeah, there's a big that's banner the on the stage that just banner. says Star Wars: The High Republic. Yeah. All right, so I mean, that's 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 it. Then we can put an almost put a nail in Project Luminous, and <laughs> I mean, we saw the tea leaves, right? We we saw the reports talking about High Republic, like I was just talking about, and then we started seeing, and then almost like on cue, Charles Soule Comics started mentioning the High Republic. The Kylo Ren series had it in the first issue, I think, or second. Um, and then Star Wars issue two had another mention of the High Republic, and we had never seen that before, to my recollection. Or uh-uh. did, did did I want to say maybe Jedi Lost had something? Wait, Je- oh, I don't, I don't remember that. Nothing, nothing like this. No, like these the ones from Charles Soule's recent comics, they're on the nose. Like they straight up say High Republic. So it, it Oh yeah. Yeah, Duke, uh, Duke of Jedi Lost had um I don't remember the uh the specific reference, but that there was that was the first time we'd heard anything about the High Republic era and uh, Man, I don't remember the specifics of it though. It's been a while. But it was there. You can confirm yeah. to us that it was <laughs> You hear to hear, folks. <clears throat> Rick is confirming. So yeah, so that was there. So it's you know, recent stories have sort of fed the fed the fire of High Republic being the next era. How do we feel about this era? Like three to four hundred years before before the Skywalker saga, is it, Marie? Is it a big enough step away from what we know, or were you hoping to go elsewhere? I have to say, I'm with Corey on the. Prime Jedi thing. You wanted to go on right back. Way, way back, yeah. I I want to know how it all started. I don't want to know in the midst of everything. I want to know the beginning. I wonder if they'll tell that story. Maybe not. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a very... It's got to be tempting for them to want to do that. Well, like news is start news is starting to trickle out as far as what uh, is being said at the event right now, and um, we're hearing that uh, the Jedi Knights are kind of like uh, like a the Knights of the Round Table at this time. Nice, I and like that. that. And that the the villains of the era are called the Nil, N H I L, and and uh, Star. Yeah, Star Wars Explained describes them as space Vikings. That's something that somebody probably said at some point there uh, to put it into context for us. So that tells me, and this is what we've heard before, that 
we it's a time of exploration for the Jedi. Um, and it's what we know from Operation Starlight from episode two of uh, Star Wars book um, that they're trying to reach, you know, certain areas, either unknown regions or what we maybe what we now know is the outer rim might have been unknown regions at the time. Um, so we'll see. Um, but this it's starting to trickle in as uh, as we're recording here. That's what that's all about. <laughs> we're going to we're going to stick with this for as long as we possibly can and see how long we can pull information and, and get reactions from from the gang here about what titles are coming and who's writing what. Uh, but we we did originally learn from one of these reports that um, there'd be sort of like three factions of villains that the Jedi would face in this era. And I guess the Nil, the Space Vikings, are now one of those groups. And another group was sort of described as like Sith gods. Which really got everybody talking. Like we thought these guys were extinct. How is that going to work? So that's you know if if that pans out, that's two of the groups. And then we're going to sit here and wait for any any word of the third group. But uh, we know that we do. We still know that there's like five main architects with this, or five creatives in charge of this, and it's uh, Charles Soule, Claudia Gray, Kevin Scott. Um, Justina Ireland and one name I'm forgetting, Daniel Jose Older. Yes. And so we, I, I imagine we're going to hear from each of those authors tonight about what they're going to do. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how each of their stories uh, fits in. Um, we've got a more detailed time as to when this is, and. According to the panel, it's 200 years before the yeah. events of the Skywalker saga. Mm. And it begins with a great disaster. Whatever kicks off this whole era, this whole run of stories begins with some kind of great disaster. Interesting. Now, I guess there's no word if it's sort of uh, like a type of attack or a natural disaster type thing. Yeah, it doesn't say. It just so you guys know, I'm, I'm the information I'm pulling. Uh, Clayton Sandell posted about the 200 years before, and um, Coffee with Kenobi. It was uh, I saw a tweet for beginning with a with a great disaster. There's everybody that's there is either live tweeting or you know posting things randomly here and there. So we'll see what kind of mishmash of information we get. Yeah, and what, another thing I'm seeing here is is. Um... You know, it's a time of galactic expansion and new hyper hyperspace lanes are in the process of being created. So presumably a lot of these worlds haven't been even been discovered yet. Which is going yeah. To be. So I mean I just I, read um we're watching a video which you will all get to see. High Republic borders will have I don't this isn't quite grammatically correct but high republic borders will have the threat to the galaxy a new kind of jedi like a ranger patrolling the wild west yeah i guess it, it sounds a little bit like they're preparing to i guess re return the jedi to a little bit more of what they ought to have been the whole time before before they got warped a little bit by the republic into like being becoming generals which I am all for. I I I would love to see that. 
I would like to see them more as type the, the guardian of peace and justice types rather than generals. Yeah, yeah. So another thing, one of the main questions being asked is what scares the Jedi? Which is, that's an interesting question. Marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. The Jedi as we've always wanted to see them. And Bobby Moynihan is moderating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he, Why? he said the Phantom. He said the Phantom Menace is the only Star Wars movie he's ever seen. <laughs> oh my God, that's wonderful. So, Kyle, I don't know if you want to go into this, but we had a, a bit of a leak a few hours ago for the first title, the first book, um, written by Charles Soule. It's going to be called The Light of the Jedi, um, and it had some had cover art for the book. Um, doesn't say that it's not final cover art. It appears to be final cover art, but it's got some Jedi on it, including a Wookiee. Um, and I was looking at the uh, the clothing that they were wearing, and it, it looks like the um, the Jedi Temple Guard clothing, with a kind of a cross between that and some of the stuff that we saw Lord Momin wearing um, in the Vader Soul books. So I wonder, and we were never given a specific timeline for a moment, I don't think. So I'm like, I'm wondering if that all kind of centers around the same time. Yeah, interesting. So yeah, so I mean, the the story that, um, well, I guess all these stories will now be branded as Star Wars The High Republic. Because we do have this cover of the Charles Soule book called Light of the Jedi. It's got the big Star Wars High Republic banner at the top of it. And it looks to be, there's a group of four jedi looking people i mean they're clearly jedi and they're led by by a woman uh, a, a wookie with a cross guard lightsaber but it's blue and yeah. regular looking dude and then is that a, a twilight guy it looks like a twilight guy but he doesn't have like the head lumps you know what i mean like like the yeah. cranial ridges or whatever yeah, i was wondering about that he doesn't like He's got a head tail that you can see, and then he doesn't have the the mass the male bumps. So I I don't know. Yeah, that's strange. And he's but he's interestingly he's got a yellow lightsaber. Hmm. You know, all us talk about yellow lightsabers, especially with Ray coming out of the end of of Rise of Skywalker. Did I ever mention that the only other yellow lightsaber I've ever seen is a short story about Asajj Ventress? I can't remember if I mentioned that before or not. No, but weren't they were and all over she Rebels had a yellow too. lightsaber? She yeah, had... the Jedi Temple guards had uh, yellow sabers. Yeah, in Rebels they had yeah they all had yellow yellow or yeah it's like gold yellow. But they were definitely and they, there. And they folded out. Like The uh, authors have taken the stage. Oh, it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> so is this this coming from Slash Film, um, Peter Sharetta heard that this this was first pitched in November of 2014. Yeah. It was when they first pitched the concept of a massive interconnected story with multiple publishers uh, for really... Ended early age? What? Come on, Peter, get it together. 
<laughs> but it's, it sounds like they're going to be including stories in this for all ages. Any type of reader is going to be able to jump into this. Yeah. So I, I want to say this. We obviously can't do this while we're recording, but for anybody that's listening to this, obviously you'll hear, you know, after the event happens, there is video of some of the event. So if you're searching Twitter, YouTube, whatever, there are clips out there of some of the panel where we're giving kind of what we're getting. Because we, as we are recording, the event is happening right now. This is, you know, this event is, I don't know if you guys have ever watched for one of your sports, if you in, into sports, like if you've watched a draft on TV, <laughs> it is so painful to watch. <laughs> it's brutal. It's actually being, being in person at a draft is even worse. Man, oh man, because like your team goes up to the podium, they they choose their player, and then you wait. There's like seven minutes of nothing. And then the next team goes up, they they make their selection, and then you wait. Now, on TV, they kind of fill the time with talking about that player and doing that, this and that. This, this is kind of giving me vibes of that uh, that type of show. So now, I mean, now now we just have to wait because that leak. Do we can we even call it a leak? I guess it's a leak. It said there was a pre-order already on Amazon, so <laughs> not wasting any time, eh? Yeah. It's like they're as if they're they're worried that we're not going to buy this stuff. <laughs> now they talked about uh, the, the reports from making Star Wars as well as uh, Zero Dot Hu. It seemed. Like they were alluding to the fact that these stories would all kind of lead up to the new movie in 2022, or at least maybe like uh, lay groundwork for it. Do are, do you still buy that, Rick? Is that still something that you is part of your headcanon? I think that that's something that's very possible. I also think that Lucasfilm doesn't want to put anything out this early about anything specifics regarding the movies. I think they've kind of learned the lessons with that. I mean, because you think about it, all the news that we've heard about the movies has been from, you know, your deadlines or the Hollywood reporter or something and nothing officials come out. And of course, everybody, you know, all our heads explode when things don't happen. But I think they're kind of treading water very cautiously right now. I mean, where Bob Iger say that TV is where their focus is. Um, whatever this era turns out to be, however big and expansive it is, it sounds like there could be something ready for the screen at some point, uh, you know, depending on, you know, wherever these stories go. Um, if they want to make a movie in this era, depending on how uh, the response goes, if they want to wait a couple of months to see how the responses for this event or for, you know, some of the some of the releases. Cool. I mean, that seems to be a more organic way to go about it. Um, but I mean, the, all of these authors have been going they've been going to retreats for the last year and a half almost two years um laying the groundwork for whatever this thing is so it would only make sense that if the bulk of star wars storytelling is going to be in this era that they would cross as many media as they can to to push these stories i mean it's kind of like shadows of the empire for for this era you know it's it's not just a video game or a book or a movie or i mean Shadows of the Empire had a damn soundtrack. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's not out of the question at this point that that's something that could happen. But again, I'm going to be the guy that says, 
checked your expectations at the door. Okay. Right. Calm down, people. If it happens, <laughs> great. And if it doesn't, don't get mad about it. You yeah. Know what's interesting. Um, the so I'm watching. I'm reading Star Wars Explains live tweet right now, and where he says the authors have taken the stage. The likes on that tweet, every second, there are like two more likes. And it's at 168 likes now. (laughs) And that was five minutes ago. So I say people aren't excited and interested in it being a publishing thing, but maybe. Or maybe they're just hoping for the movie reveal. Um, I don't know. But it's it's interesting. It's at 170 now. So I'm seeing that the the first High Republic release will be in August. So that that's probably the Charles Soul title that we saw. I guess if you're going to kick it off, you may as well go with uh, with you know with, with your with your best starter. It's weird. We kind of figured that he would be heading off a comic book. Yeah, I mean yeah. he is a he is a he is a novelist also, but you know he's he's had his toes in uh, in the Marvel waters for a good number of years now. I really thought, yeah, you're sure. Absolutely, Rick. I thought he'd be heading up the Marvel comic, and I thought Claudia Gray would yeah. get that sort of uh, adult novel. And, yeah. you know, the rest maybe a little bit more of a wild card. Kevin Scott, I thought, would be IDW for sure. But, um, okay. I would, I, you know, I, I recently bought a, a Charles Soule novel, so I will definitely, I mean, who's kidding who? We're all in. Like, we're, is, are, <laughs> is anybody not going to buy this book among us here? Oh, I'm definitely going to buy it. Now, I'm so at- I'm wondering. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm wondering if the if the soul release was the reason for uh, Thrawn getting rescheduled. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, maybe. Could have something something to do with it. Now I'm looking at another screenshot. This is this was posted by uh, Jonah Marie. And I don't know, it looks like she may be at the event. She's posted a picture from a screen. It's it's very childlike looking thing, but it's got some kids, young Jedi trainees. And it looks like Hu Yang in the corner, speaking of. Aww. That's, that's kind of cool. I wonder if he'll be a part of Project Luminous or the High Republic, as it were. Well, he's been around for a thousand years, right? Yeah, or is that yeah, is yeah. that is that Emmy from Force Ooh. Awakens? Interesting. Yeah, this is. I mean, this is going to be really cool stuff. I I love the fact that I mean, even Force Awakens kind of hinted a little bit, at least some of the imagery that they put in to to the Force Awakens, specifically with the cross guard lightsaber and the way sort of Ray kind of pulls the saber from the snow to herself. A little bit of that Arthurian legend stuff was was being, at least to my eye, d- uh, sprinkled into Star Wars back in 2015. Enough to see them like, describing Jedi as Knights of the Round Table. I, I like that they're actually deep, diving deeper into Arthurian legend here. This works for me. I mean, Star Wars oh, has, yeah. has always sort of pulled from legend and myth anyway. And if if the movies, specifically the OT and a bit more the prequels, really beat the hell out of like Greek myth, <laughs> you know, uh, and other legends, going toward going 
towards Arthurian stuff maybe is a bit more unexplored in terms of Star Wars. I love that because my Twitter handle, Alia Morgane, love the Arthurian type story. Yes, this, I mean, this could be, Marie, this could be made like tailor made for you. Right? Star Wars and Arthurian legend combined. Oh my God. (laughs) That'd be wonderful. Go keep Um, those expectations in check. I know. I just saw another tweet that says, um, these are all unique stories, not the same story repeated for different ages. That's a, yeah, that's a relief to hear. I like that the, I like that they're all going to be, I mean, it gives you a reason to pick up all the stories. Like even if you're not an IDW reader, for example, you're probably going to want to pick up those comics just to get that new story. And I don't know if they're going to have, um, a hierarchy so to speak like if you just read the novels and the marvel comic is it planned so that you know that's enough and the idw and uh like a, for example a ya novel is is air quotes less important or is it all going to be sort of must read stuff yeah you know, it's hard to you st- know obviously hard to say the only book that I don't own right now is R2-D2 is Lost. That just came out, right? And I feel like, yeah, and I feel like I'm definitely missing out. I don't even know what this book is. It's a, it's, (laughs) I'm, I don't even know. I'm going to buy it. I just, I can't believe I haven't even bought it yet. I should have pre-ordered it, but I have been confused with the move and everything. Um, But, yeah, I'm assuming it's just a children's book. Just a cute little children's book. But it's still canon, so I'm still going to buy it. And I was being kind of sarcastic about (laughs) missing out on some big story reveal because I don't own R2-D2 is lost. But I I will buy it and I will review it and it'll be great. So I'm looking at a picture of some Phil Noto concept art. Ooh. There's some rad looking stuff here. It's 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 just sort of like a lineup of Jedi. Really interesting looking stuff. They've all got, I see more purple sabers, some orange sabers. Uh, what looks like maybe another type of dark saber. That's pretty wild. Double-sided green saber by somebody who looks like Sly Moore. I called dibs on the uh, the other dark saber. <laughs> Damn. Damn you. Oh wait. There is Is that a Lothwolf? I'm looking at that same image. Oh yeah, you're right. That is a Lothwolf. Hot damn, look at that. You know, this I'm going to some... pull up Twitter on both devices <laughs> because uh, I want to keep on this one, but y'all are watching seeing like images there are some pictures of um some of the other jedi that i saw some um pictures that are that people are taking there's some really cool looking characters um popping up oh my gosh so get this the top two trending things are project luminous and the bachelor 
<laughs> Somehow they're related. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Love it. So there, there's also a Bith Jedi. And one that looks like uh like an Utapawan almost and almost like uh oh, wow, like an inquisitor cool. on a Phil Noto art. Yeah. Yeah, there's looks like a couple Zabriks in there as well. And you know, some regular old white people. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cool looking stuff. So it looks like there's there's gonna be a fair number of Jedi. There's there's some more Phil Noto concept art. Really neat stuff. Ooh, here's some stuff. Here's some pictures. This is some primo podcasting, by the way. I just wanna let y'all know. We're looking at pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Jedi Temple attire versus Jedi mission attire. Interesting. Looks like Gamora with a blue lightsaber. <clears throat> yeah, definitely yeah, does. Yeah, it does. And then there's the double bladed saber. Yeah, I'm still hung up on this whole 200 years before Skywalker thing. It just doesn't seem like enough time. Yeah, like I, I, I guess at some point they're going to get into it, but it's it is weird to me. Like, why hang so close? Like, do you guys have any ideas why there's why they'd want to stay so close to this to the Skywalker era? Is there any point to that? Is it just so that they can, by the end of it? You can see how that republic or that piece of of history connects to what we know. Will they link it up that directly? There's got to be something that happens towards the end of this era that suggests part of a a decline in Jedi. And I I had this question last week, um, kind of floating around in my head. And I I was going to send in a voicemail, but I was like, oh wait, I'm going to be on, so that would be dumb. Um, but would the Jedi of this High Republic era, or more specifically, if the Rule of Two era is still that thousand years before the Phantom Menace, would the Jedi have considered that a time of balance in the Force if they didn't know that the Sith existed? You pose a good question. So again, so then now what does that say about if if that's the case of the Jedi in this era and we're looking at, you know, some concept art from the panel. Um, if there's this many Jedi out there and it's a time where there's relative peace to the point where they can go and explore and expand the known universe without knowing that there's Sith machinations, you know, building and growing wherever that all of that stuff is happening, whoever the Sith villains are at this time that are unknown. You know, what kind of what kind of arrogance is building within the Jedi as a whole to think that they've kept the peace for this long? They've been guardians of the peace, keepers of the peace for this long. You know what I yeah. mean? Like if, if if there's been any kind of insurrection somewhere, not even in terms of the Sith, but, you know, something pops up somewhere and they go and they put an end to it through negotiations or whatever the case is. Um what does that say about that buildup of, of hubris and arrogance to the point 
when you know Shiva eventually comes along later on. I think that's what we're going to start to see within this is that that buildup of 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 a pride and an arrogance that leads to that downfall. To that end, I think it makes a little bit of sense to have it be relatively close. But who knows? Skywalker saga is only about 70 years, 60, 70 years. Mm-hmm. This High Republic era could be about that time. And we also have to think about how long we are going to be in this era. You know, we're we're getting this flood of of information. And, you know, this could be the next 10 or 15 years of Star Wars. I don't think fans would be happy with that if we just had one era again uh, because we're impatient boobs. And um, so we would want to be able to bounce around a little bit. But I think if the primary focus is for them to be in this era, we could be in this era for a very long time. You're absolutely right. We could, yeah, we could spend the next 20 years here. Yeah. Absolutely. So we learned a little bit more here about the, the, the Nile. They are the main villains. They are, this is from Star Wars Explained. They are purposely meant to be very different than the Empire or the First Order. And they are able to use hyperspace in a very dangerous way. And that's all Charles Soule will reveal about them. So back to the secrecy. And in looking at images of these people, they look like they look they look like a gang from LA in the nineteen eighties. <laughs> and they're all different species too. Yeah, Classic. they're a very cl- colorful group. You can almost see they're almost like almost like a Mad Max type villain. Yeah. You know, I see, like, in some of these images, I'm I'm picturing, like, a lot of 1980s punk rock scene with, like, the spikes in the leather jackets and, and like, tattooed heads. Clayton Sandell says, uh, he's quoting Justina Ireland, and, he, and she says, like, Sid Vicious taking over the galaxy. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So, right in line with what you said. It's going to be like um, Repo Man. They're just going to go out and, like... Let's go do some crimes. <laughs> Let's go get sushi and not pay. <laughs> yeah, like some of this looks like Ran- the, the guys from Rancid. You know, I won't be surprised if some of the, like their their theme song is like Ruby Soho or something. <laughs> Destination then, Unknown. That's going to be the name of a book. Destination Unknown. Guaranteed. Destination they show unknown. concept art for the Starlight Beacon. So that was the thing in the background. All right, there you go. There, yeah, I'm seeing that too now. The Starlight Beacon, which is that little space stationy type thing in the background of the Light of the Jedi book. Now, see that 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 begs the question too from the the unproduced Trevorrow script. There was a beacon under the um, in Coruscant. Mm-hmm. Again, this is a this is a movie that didn't get made, but that's that was the mission that Rose. I don't know if you guys read the script or not, but that was the mission that Rose and Finn were trying. They were trying to get codes to activate the thing, and it was going to send out a signal because the First Order had blocked all transmissions in between systems, and this was basically like an analog system that the First Order was unaware of. Analog, analog. You know what I mean. <laughs> I Absolutely. It would it would have just shot out eight track tapes all across the galaxy for people to play in their space Winnebagos and they would have gotten the message and they would have fought the first order. 
Um, but again, thinking about the time when all of this Project Luminous stuff, this High Republic stuff was in development, you wonder if uh, uh, Scott Everill and um, I forget his writing partner's name, but what what uh, if they had any idea of any of this, and it might have been connected at some, in in some way. Hmm. Yeah, good question. Oh, ooh. the Wookiee Jedi is named Buryaga Agathuri. I don't think you said that right. <laughs> Buryaga Agathuri. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Alex from Star Wars Explained. <laughs> <laughs> do you think any of these people are... Do you think they're going to do it, guys? Like, Are they going to go like, this character is the great, great, great grandfather of blank Jedi that we already know. And we're all going to roll our eyes. Do you think they're going to do that at some point? I don't know. It's at least one of them. Did you see the Trandoshan Jedi? I did. That was cool. Yeah, that's going to be kind of cool. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Rick. It's going to be too tempting for them to not do that very Star Wars thing to make somebody part of the family. Man, there's some cool looking droids in that concept art, too. Mm-hmm. We're going to see the great disaster. Something terrible is going to happen at the opening of the novel. Something awful happening in the time of peace and prosperity. Yeah, I, you know, the more I think about this, you know, we're, we're really playing this on the fly right now. It very much sounds like all of this is going to be groundwork. I can't imagine they do all this. I mean, they've talked. There was a tweet before saying how the amount of work that went into this is almost on the level of pre-production for a film. And that just sounds. It makes me think like. You're (laughs) it's probably doing double duty. Maybe, Maybe not necessarily that these characters are going to be on screen. But I think they're. I think for sure they're laying groundwork for like I think for I know the eventual the, movie. I think I know what that great disaster is at the beginning of this this story. It's uh, a digitally inserted Jabba the Hutt with Han Solo floating over his tail. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh man. Okay, so. Oh, here's a new one. Justina Ireland, A Test of Courage, is a middle grade book. The main character is a 16-year-old Jedi Knight. Well, that's cool. That's the cover that has uh, our Hu Yang lookalike on it. Yeah, it's either Emmy or Hu Yang. I mean, surrounded by all those little Jedi Padawans or young Jedi Knights, that's got to be Hu Yang. I gotta imagine who that's who that is, which is really cool. Does that planet look familiar at all on that cover? Just I was uh, just looking at that background. It almost looks like Agent Kloss a little bit. Or maybe Florum. Now that's too many tall trees for Florum. What were you thinking, Rick? Um, I don't know. We don't see any lightning on Felucia, and there's regular looking trees there, so I would imagine it's probably somewhere new. Oh, yeah, interesting. Probably. She says it's more serious than her previous stories. And you think Lando's luck and, um, oh gosh, oh gosh, what is it called? Spark of the Resistance. Spark of the Resistance. Um, I love Lando's luck. 
Spark of the Resistance was not as good in my opinion, but um, Lando's luck was definitely lighthearted. So to and Spark of the Resistance was a, a little bit dark, but was lighthearted in its own way and. That'll be interesting to see her do something more serious. But how serious can you get when it's a middle grade book? Good question. Middle grade is pretty serious stuff. Uh, do you remember middle grade? I mean, so, in real life, it can be pretty serious. But a book? Like... <laughs> I don't know. My middle grade years were kind of crazy. But so another... All right, here's, here's our our first comic book. Yeah, here it is. We have uh, Kevin Scott with just the High Republic, maybe an ongoing series. We'll send her on Starlight Station. Yes, and, and oh, I guess that looks awesome. That's a surprise for me. That's the surprise for me for sure. To this point, I, I to me, like I really thought this would have been Charles Soule's thing. Yep, man, we yep. we were all wrong. They they pulled a Ryan Johnson on us. Ah, oh, <laughs> we've been completely subverted here. <laughs> Claudia, Cla- Claudia Gray's book. Claudia Gray's book is called Into the Dark. Oh, oh that's going to be. And this, and this is put out by Disney Lucasfilm Press, not Del Rey. Disney Lucasfilm Press is usually the young adult stuff. Oh, bring it on, Claudia Gray. And Claudia Gray. I mean, in general, is awesome. But Leia, Princess of Alderaan, as a young adult novel, was. So good. Yep. Yeah, so same with the Lost Stars as a young adult novel too. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's a lot more of like a a, a high fantasy vibe to this. To all the images I'm seeing, like it really looks like they're trying to make this fantasy. Which is, I mean, that's what Star yeah. Wars is. But it looks like they're making a concerted effort to keep it in that vein. Like I'm not getting a, a huge sci-fi ish. Um, vibe out of it, which I'm glad. I'm no, definitely glad. About they're giving that. us they're giving us more, you know, for lack of a better term, human stories. It seems. Mm-hmm. So yeah, then, then I guess the news is coming pretty quick now. Yeah. Yeah. They they kept us up too late. Now they're just like, all right, come on, let's go. More okay. slides, slides, slides. slides. <laughs> I, I think they probably just missed the they they lost the USB key <laughs> with the presentation <laughs> on it. That's all. So who have, who haven't we seen an announcement from right now? Daniel Jose Holder. Yeah. Waiting on him. Maybe he's been, maybe he's been fired. So, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not a Lucasfilm event unless somebody gets fired. <laughs> I saw Yoda Bauer at uh, Star Wars refuge or Port, ha- Port Haven refuge earlier said, uh, we're not getting any, Daniel Holes a younger over here. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yeah, I'm really excited about Daniel Jose Older because he wrote I, I have to interrupt. He's okay. doing the IDW. The really? High Republic Adventures, yeah. Oh, they really, the I wonder if High they Republic d- Adventures. I wonder if they like drew straws. Pick, pick straws to see who would do what. Now, for his for the artwork for his cover work, there's two names on the cover work. It says there's a male and a female 
two different characters. One looks like uh, a Thundercat, and the other one is a uh, is a woman. And their names are Farzala is the male, and under the woman's name, under the woman character, it says Luca, L-U-C-A. I read Lula. Yeah. Lula, I see Luca. Oh boy! First big controversy of the one. night. I don't know. Oh <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> but oh she lives God. on the she lives on the second floor. She lives upstairs from you. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might have seen her before <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't get we haven't really I mean, aside from uh okay so here, hold on from amy ratliff daniel jose older's story is an idw comic series called the high republic adventures we follow younger characters learning all about the jedi and the nile i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly additional licenses licensees Titan Comics, Viz, B&M Books, DK Publishing, Insight Editions, who did the... Um, oh, boy. Insight Editions did the, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, the one that was supposedly written by Luke. Um, mm, Secrets of the Jedi. Secrets of the Jedi. And then there's one other who's the logo I don't recognize. So, yeah, so... Um... Also from Amy Ratliff, Claudia Gray's book is Into the Dark. It's set around the adventures of a Padawan. He's the kind of Padawan who would prefer to read about adventures, but now he's leaving Coruscant and going to the frontier of the galaxy. So the like one of the ideas I'm seeing in a, in a, a couple of common ideas here, especially with these last two tweets centered around uh, Claudia Gray's, uh, and and Daniel Jose Older's story is younger characters uh, and their sort of involvement and attachment to like to learning about the history and learning about the Jedi. And to me, that's like that's inserts for us as the audience, for us to like pick up information about Jedi history ourselves. You know, in 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 the quest of leading, because I mean, if you're gonna do a movie series or Disney plus series or something on the screen that would draw a bigger audience to have this platform to build off of makes all the sense in the world to me. Titan comics. Well, they're called, they're calling this the high Republic phase one. Yeah. Titan. Why? What, what is Titan comics? So is that a specific like because idw is generally middle grade comics and marvel is typically like adult comics so what would titan comics be if you've already got marvel and idw that's just a- another just another expansion of the brand really Huh. And what is Viz? <laughs> I've never heard of these people before. Uh, these are all <laughs> a DK. That means there's going to be a reference book, which is freaking awesome. They are going to squeeze us like crazy with this era. I mean, we, they're going to bombard us. Reference books, coffee table books, encyclopedias. It's it's all it's it's starting all over again. 
<laughs> but it sounds like almost sounds like they're they're winding down. Are they winding this down? I think so. Sure looks like it. You know, the the most exciting thing about this announcement, all of these books, whatever stories that they're working on, is the fact that they've been working on it for the better part of two years. You know, they've been yeah. laying this groundwork behind the scenes. And yeah, there's all the hype that we build along with it. But um, to know that there's a solid framework seemingly in place around all of these stories. And if they're not repeat stories and if they're not going to have a ton of carryover characters from story to story, this just expands the universe as we know it. You know, we look at a lot of the old Legends books and how you had four and six and 12 book series. Um, yeah. This whole thing is that, but, you know, somewhere we've never been before. Yeah, for sure. This is, yeah, this is the most expensive thing that we've gotten since, and I'll even include the, uh, the sequel trilogy. This looks like it's going to be a, definitely a, a bigger, more ambitious story than what they, what they did with the sequels. Like I'm, I'm, I'm super intrigued by this. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, it's it's hard to say if this has all been worth the wait. There's there's a trailer. A yeah, trailer. I, well, I saw yeah, I saw a little video going around. It's like a four minute video of. No, Star Wars Explained just posted something called a. a it just says trailer. Let me see. Yeah, it's an announcement trailer for the High Republic. Yeah, StarWars.com has it as well. Yeah, no, that's... I hope it's just I, I hope it's just Bobby Moynihan saying he hasn't he's only seen the Phantom Menace for two minutes straight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what, what I mean, as, as I guess it's it's be time to start. Uh, let's let's get some final thoughts and then we'll start to like wind this thing down. It's getting late. Um, Murray, how are you feeling about Project Luminous and the High Republic era and getting to know the Jedi a whole lot more in a different time? How are you feeling about all this? I am super excited to get something that is all inclusive. So that's looking at one era from a bunch of different perspectives, different stories. I think that's going to be fantastic because, of course, I've loved everything we've gotten, but it's all scattershot from different eras and different um time periods and so this will be you'll it's like reliving when the prequels came out and that whole new era was opened up mm -hmm. and that era became something that could be explored and the clone wars came out and they added to that era and so there was all this stuff about that one era that I dearly love. And so I think this is really interesting because it'll do the same thing for a different era that we haven't explored yet. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm yeah, I'm I'm, I'm right there with you. Rick, what's uh, what's 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 your assessment? Early assessment as we kind of just took this all in live and just had to react on the spot. What are you thinking? You know, at, at this point, knowing we've got just concept art 
and probably placeholders for books that have very vague descriptions of them. The only thing we have right now is kind of I really the only thing I think we need in knowing that the era in and of itself is the character that we're centered on. You know, we'll 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 find out more about these individuals, but if every story has four, five, ten different characters for us to get to know and learn, um, the era in and of itself is what becomes the most important thing about these High Republic stories. And it's cool to get away from um, explored territory. You know, it, it's cool to be kind of going along for the ride you know, riding shotgun with these, with the Jedi that are going out and exploring these different areas of the galaxy that are as yet unknown and doing it with them, you know, and, and this is a, it, it's going to sound weird, but you know, for like Kyle, for you and me being of the age where like we grew up with star Wars as it was happening, this is a chance for like a whole new generation to grow up with this brand new thing in the same way that we did where we waited and, you know, we're on the playground talking about things that we had come across and whatever and grew up with it that way where it sparked our imaginations. And it's not just, you know, discourse online or, you know, fighting over the things mm-hmm. that we want. Everything about this is so new and it's a brand new sandbox to play in, you know, and it it's really cool to be able to go along for the ride and, and just see whatever little bits of information come up between now and August when the first book does. And it's exciting. It's exciting to know that they're willing to take this kind of a risk um, and move, you know, completely removed, even though it's not that far away, but, you know, but completely removed from, you know, what we know um, and and keeping the things that are uh, the most familiar for Star Wars, you know, having aspects of the Force, having lightsabers and Jedi, um, those key elements you know are going to make it seem more familiar than anything else and then here it is we've got this this brand new group of villains we don't know anything about there's probably going to be new species introduced and new you know designs for things that are going to be so familiar to us and, and of course you know the naysayers are going to be like well why didn't they have that in the blah 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 and <laughs> whatever but it it's fun it's a lot of fun to be able to to be at this point and have closed out an era and kind of jump and feed first into something um, completely new again. Yeah. That's a really go, go ahead, Marie. I was just going to say, that's a really good point though, about like the connectedness, because I definitely would want to, in the young adult novel, there to be mentioned characters that we met in the adult novel. Yeah. So I want character names and planet names to carry over between all the different mediums. Yeah, I'd like to see these stories be really tightly woven together. Right. I don't want Definitely. them to just be vaguely set in the same time and there's no... Right. Yeah, there's there's got to be connective, heavy connective tissue between all of them, I, I hope. I think Once what again, we'll end up getting is we'll get we'll get a hub, you know, wherever this jedi round table you know this knights of the round table is if that's on coruscant or somewhere else that's our hub yeah i think coruscant's going to play a a big part of this i think i would i'd imagine i mean we got got one mention of it maybe maybe it's you know ilum for 
parts of it. Maybe it's, you know, could be anywhere. Yeah, maybe they splinter away. Like maybe it's a group of Jedi that that shove off together to go explore the unknown regions and they lose contact with the core. You know, we're talking about this as a, a, a time of exploration. Yeah. So it's possible that maybe some some Jedi could get completely lost and cut off. And that's what enables them to run into the Sith because we never hear from them again. You know, you know where this era is going to end. If this is two hundred years beforehand, the birth of Plagueis, the birth of Chewbacca, the birth of Chewbacca. <laughs> oh no! It, yes, we're going to see baby Chewbacca. Yeah, yeah, baby Chewie, baby Yoda, step aside. <laughs> well, and there's another name, another four letter word. Yoda is is he going to be a part of this? He's he's going to be. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, he'll only be seven hundred, seven hundred years old during this movie. It's it's I have a hard time imagining that Yoda's not a part of this. He's gotta be there somewhere. He was he was tra- training Jedi if we see if that is Hu Yang, you know yeah. Yeah there there's gotta be some tiny little threads of connective tissue. You would think and it, <laughs> I know we've talked about this on, uh, about this on the podcast before about the whole I- idea of of Sith being a part of this, and the word Sith was not mentioned tonight. From the looks yeah. of, from the looks of this event, it's all about this uh, the Nile, the Space Vikings. So maybe uh, at this point they thought the Sith were they still you know thought the Sith were not were gone. Yeah, they thought they were extinct for a thousand years before the prequels. Right. They thought that. We, and we know that's not true. We know the Sith were just underground. But if they encounter the Sith in any way of, in this in in any of these stories, I, I guess Yoda can never find out about it. Well, well, let's talk about these 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 space Vikings. If they're called the Nihil, N I H I L, as we've seen, there is a Darth Nihilus. That was in the old republic. Yeah. What if? What if they're? He's. What if he's not old republic anymore in the new canon, and he's part of this, and he's the one pulling the strings, and he's you know, I don't know. I'm just spitballing. That's a good loophole, though, right? Really good question. Yeah. Like Darth Nihilus pulling the strings for these this army of of Nile. It's a good way to have Sith connectivity without them being directly involved. Right, because all of these proposed Viking, these villain characters, they're not all of the same species. Mm-mm. I like that, Rick. That could be the first big pull. <laughs> Darth Nihilus. Darth Nihilus, book it. Wow, that and, and part part of me thought I saw his his statue on Exegol. You know when I uh, forget, yeah. In the reference book, it talks about the the statues, but I can't remember. I thought those statues were the same as the um, the statues that Sheev had in in his office. Yeah, I, th- on, I think in the end they kind of said like it's the uh, something of the Dwarty or whatever they're called, the Dwarty. That's it. But there were specific um, Sith that were mentioned in in the reference book. The Rise of Skywalker Visual Dictionary? Is that the yeah. Book? Yeah. I don't remember 
I know I won't find it in time, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm 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 excited. I like what I I like pretty much everything we've heard tonight, which is you know shocking. Kyle likes Star Wars, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we didn't get much in terms of release dates on anything. I didn't see much. I we saw we saw the Charles Soule no- novelist coming out in August, but I didn't see any other release dates, even vaguely. Did you guys see anything? No, that was it. There are some uh, official images of the um, cover art that are floating around. Man, that the um... no, yeah, Charles Souls is the only one that uh... you know what is really cool is that these uh, the lightsabers of the Jedi are not connected to a battery pack on the hip, like the uh, Tales of the Jedi comics. From the Dark Horse line. <laughs> like an old cell phone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So let's let, I mean, I've, I think we've, we've kind of covered it for the, for this week. I'm sure we're going to be talking about Project Luminous for the next uh, forever. That's it. I mean, this is going to be part of our lexicon forever now. Who knows how long we're going to spend in this era. If it's ever going to uh, amount to something bigger on screen. But uh, I'm excited. I think I think it was the reveals tonight were, I think, worth the wait. You know, I'm I'm really intrigued by what they've got going. I like the idea behind it all. Um, count me in. We're gonna be we're gonna have a lot of fun with this with this High Republic era coming up real soon. Heck yeah! All right, guys. Uh, I think I think that'll do it for tonight. I haven't got much else to, left to add. Well, I'm sure there'll be more to add in the future, but for this week, uh, that is going to do it. Uh, it let, let us know your thoughts. If you want to be a part of the podcast, if you want to send us your thoughts on, on the High Republic, the Project Luminous Reveals, you can send those to us, tumblingsaber at gmail.com. And I'm sure we'll probably end up talking about this again next week. Um, again, let's shout out to Rob Wade for endorsing this episode as part of the E14 Endorsed Program, which you can learn more about at emotionally14.com. And again, Congrats to Rob and Brad and everybody affiliated with TSW for 200 fantastic episodes. Uh, Congrats, my friend. And also be sure to check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. You can check out our page on Facebook. You can find us on iTunes as a podcast provider. And you can, uh, you know, fill up your your, your, uh, podcatcher with a lot of great Star Wars content. uh, And I'm sure Project Luminous will be dominating the discussion for the next week or two to come. So check that out. Um, and guys, with all that out of the way, where can we find you on social media? Rick, where are you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cad Bain's Bounty and uh, stumbling my way through podcasts with my friends at the Drunken Menace podcast. Uh, you can find them at Podcast Menace. And you can also find me in the uh, the place where Corey likes to hang out on the uh, behind the brick walls of our super <laughs> awesome Super Save facebook group you can find uh me and the rest of us hanging out there spreading all the news and uh big shout out to nathan who's been filling up um the facebook group with every little bit of information that we've been talking about as we're recording so we'll see y'all there awesome uh marie where can we find you you can find me on Twitter at Alia Morgan, and you can find my review blog where I review 
books and TV shows and comics and children's books and everything, reference books, um, at thestarwarsreview.blogspot.com. And you can find some comic reviews and other articles um, that I write at beyondtheblastdoors.com. Go do that. Marie's got one of the great underrated, criminally un- underrated blogs out there. Go check out Marie's work. I'm, I'm sure you're going to like it. Thank um, you. You're very welcome. Um, and myself, I'm at Tumbling Saber on, on, on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. And on Instagram. <laughs> and of course, the invitation is always there. Come join us in our closed Facebook group where we just geek out all day. And again, like Rick said, shout out to Nathan for uh, keeping the info flowing. For this announcement. I know he was super excited about this as well. Uh, so shout out to Nathan. Um, Alright. So that's going to do it everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed this very different podcast. Where we just sort of had to f- go with the flow. Rather than sit on it for a week and think about it. So if you enjoyed us uh, chewing through <laughs> this Project Luminous reveal. Let us know what you thought. Uh, curious to hear what your opinions on what's coming. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode. We'll talk to you again next week, everybody. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. Bye! Bye-bye! Static draws me closer to your place dreams fall away signs blindly to the lines on your face beating strong drifting not relive this dream
Those walls you build is all for me And I Become The man I want to be Your love And your own Please don't leave my heart broken And bleeding Now you're running Now you're running Why you running? Why you running?